Hello, this is Dan Kalak, member of the Palma Band of Lusanyu Indians and the Chief Medical Officer for Indian Health Council over the past 19 years. Miyuyum. May we all wonder and be blessed by the energy created by the life around us, perpetuated and created from our ancestors and their ancestors for time immemorial. We recognize the Creator's hand is all that we see, feel, think, and do here on Earth and in our short existence. We treasure our time together and we wish each other peace, happiness, and long life. For love, health, time is all we have here on Earth. We relish our bodies, minds, spiritual being, and our consciousness, drinking in our reality with the ones we love and making a good place for our people is paramount. For our Earth, our animal brothers and sisters on Earth, the ocean, the sea, and the unseen that share our space, we treasure your existence. For our children, we love, live, and last one more day, if not for ourselves, but for our generations to come forever now, on Earth, and to the universe end. Nishon Lovik. Welcome to another episode of What About Life. I'm your host, David S. Dawson, multimedia coordinator here at Indian Health Council. Joining me for the podcast today, Mr. George Bojas. Good morning. And do you want to introduce our, our cohorts here who are, who are joining us? Yeah, I'm glad you didn't say guest because then we'd be really awkward because we are her guest uh, and uh, a mentor of mine and uh, Miss Karen Kolb. I think everybody. It's her m- world. We only work in it. Yes. Hey, uh, Karen, good to see you. And we have Lizzie. Lizzie's here too. So I'm just a guest. I'm just a guest here. So uh, thank you two for joining us. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Um, I'm Karen Kolb, and I'm the Director of Social Services here at Indian Health Council. Been here for 30 years um, doing Indian child welfare, and um, we're doing domestic violence. And we have a new program called My Two Aunties Program, which um, works with pregnant women and helping families get um, healthy babies and uh, parenting skills and We've turned some of our projects into our language. And so we, we just do a lot of preventive work. We're partners in family success. Hi, um, I'm Lizzie Schenker. I am one of the aunties on the My Two Aunties program. And I've been working with Indian Health Council for the last three years. I started as the parent youth advocate here at Indian Health. And I've just been able to... Um, transition into the uh, role of the aunties and I started when we were just beginning the uh, curriculum for the My Two Aunties and translating all of those uh, lessons into cultural lessons for the community and it's just a, a passion project. It's really nice to be under such a uh, accomplished and uh, great mentor as Karen is, oh, and you. <laughs> you know, just uh, absolutely love this work and this community. I uh, was raised in this community, so being able to give back to it is just a, a dream come true. Yeah, it's uh, um, um, interesting. I think it's it's good to note we we have as we, it, it, if I may, um, and help me if I if I if I. Uh, 
uh, don't get it right. But but a lot of times we you know when we, we reference and, and in our podcast, I hope people know that we're coming from Indian country, and 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 uh, sometimes I think we're all kind of just put into in one big Indian country, quote unquote. But today we actually have two different two communities, two reservations, and two two uh, two tribes. We have represented with the Lasango people and the Kumeyaay people, mm-hmm. and and I think that that really should should be spoke should be mentioned and there's two is there is there two different perspectives is there a difference is is, are are we different you know and and i think with respect to the different tribes and especially when teaching kids and and getting kids to find the identity um it's important for them to understand you know yes they're indian yes they're native and be proud but but like I, i think like we talked about in our training hopefully we get into that is is your family is 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 from here? Your family is this, um, you know, and this is how they practice. This is what what we do, you know, and 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 they're different, you know. Kumiai might practice some of their grieving ceremonies different, and Luceno might practice their grieving ceremonies a little different. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think, I think people really want to be respectful and 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 acknowledge, you know, Indian country, but but there is a difference once you get in, once you get out here. Is that am I am yeah. I on the right? Right yeah, Asian. there's there's so many different nuances um, to each of the tribes, uh, but the thing that we have to always remember is that um, all the tribes are sovereign from each other, so they're all going to be different uh, from each other. But there's also similarities in the way we practice, and um, what you were talking about is what is your family known for? So across all the tribal nations, I think. We all have family members who are known for different things. Maybe they, they're, they're singers. Maybe they're um, spiritual keepers. Maybe they're, they take care of the land. Um, maybe they're cooks, you know, things like that. Maybe they bead. Um, Lizzie's a beater. I'm a quilter. Um, and I come from a long line of quilters. So um, that's what people know about our family. We, we do a lot of sewing and crafts, and we're doing crafters. And part of my family, we do a lot of cooking. So there's just a lot of those nuances that are the same across, but they're all individual. They're all different. They're, the political part of it is they're all sovereign from each other. So they're all like little states within the United States. Mm-hmm. And then I would I'd probably add to that in the sense that, you know, Yes, Indian country in a general sense, we all have similarities, but we have very big differences as well. Maybe like, uh, say, for example, uh, going a little bit broader, the Plains Indians, the uh, different nations across the uh, United States, they all have similar values. But uh, when it comes down to ceremony, when it comes down to uh, language and traditions, they're going to be very much different than what we would expect. Like, um, something as simple as a a ribbon shirt or a ribbon skirt here is a lot different, different than what they would, uh, create in, uh, uh, the Canadian, uh, first peoples nations and, uh, the, uh, you know, Cree nations and things like that. So, uh, when we get down to it, even as different as, uh, you know, Luceno and Kumiai, uh, we are very much more aligned in a way just because of our geographical location is closer than, you know, as we were talking about across the country. 
but um, we still have the differences that make our uh, people unique, that make our mm-hmm. tribes different. Yeah, like bird actually, singing, powwows. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to explain it to some friends of mine recently, and I, I told them it's it's like it's easy to call Asians one people, mm-hmm. but South Koreans, North Koreans are wildly different cultures, and China and Japan are wildly different cultures. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And while the people have similarities, the nations have their own distinct right uh, way of being mm-hmm. and and indians are the same thing native americans are the same thing very different uh, from one tribe right. to the next one reservation and they have that different political status as well and that's mm-hmm. what people kind of miss sometimes and, um and and if i may and and, and and we got karen to the to the mic and i and i and i uh <laughs> i got her on the mic by uh, asking her to share about our training that we recently took which we could we could talk about uh so much i, I wasn't expecting to get lizzie to the to the mic and i'm absolutely honored uh to 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 uh have you guys share so i appreciate it and with that being with that being said if i may what was the training about and i have a question to follow up with, with what dave is referencing Sure. So part of the uh, My Two Aunties program, um, we put in some training for trauma-informed care and adverse childhood experiences training. And so yesterday we had a training with Dr. Art Martinez, who is known throughout the nation in Indian country, um, a psychologist. Um, he created a center for family, Native Family Resilience, CNCFR. I always get that acronym wrong. Um <clears throat> and so he's trying to really change the practice across the, the United States and Indian country about always telling people what's wrong with you with all these assessments and things. And so we created a campaign that's called What's Strong With You. And so when you um, work with your clients and people, a lot of times they're given diagnosis, they're given you know, things and basically what's wrong with you. And we want to turn that around to my, you're you're very resilient. Like, look at all these things you're up against, but wow, you're still here. You still came in, you're resilient. Um, So we want to put a a positive light on things. And so a lot of people didn't know what trauma-informed care was. And basically it's how you treat people. It's from the very beginning of when people walk into our clinic, how they're looked at. Um, how you're talked to. Um, and, and so we had a training uh, with two departments, with Tribal Family Services staff and also the Behavioral Health staff, and basically Building B over here at Indian Health Council Campus and Health Promotions, and brought in this national known trainer uh, to talk about how, our, how we practice. And a lot of things came out of that about with our staff about um, self-care, how we take care of ourselves because we really can't take care of ourselves. Um, we can't take care of other people, excuse me, if we're not taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's um, trauma-informed care is how you practice and building people up. So and that that's kind of a basic. And I know Amanda, our director of behavioral health, would have a whole better. Yeah, and there was also uh, um, the the judge, Mr. Yeah, Judge Thorne, judge William Thorne, Thorne yeah, Jr. He was there. Too, so min- he he was was there. A, a mention. Right, definitely, and he was going to do the adverse childhood experiences. Yeah. But when we do trainings, um, 
we I, I'm a believer in you train how the room wants to be trained. And there were kept coming up issues and everything. So we allowed Dr. Art to kind of keep going. And it was the right thing to do. And because we don't have him close by, um, Judge Thorne lives here in Rincon. So we have him available more than we would Dr. Art. So we had made that decision during our lunch break for Dr. Art to continue on. And it's just the right thing to do um, because you have to, it's part of trauma-informed care too. You have to kind of feel what your audience is needing. Yeah, you have to adapt to the Exactly. Needs. And um, that's what we do. And so we will bring um, Judge Thorne back to do the adverse childhood experiences because he has a, a wonderful PowerPoint on that and um, continue with our campaign about adverse childhood experiences and telling people what's strong about them. And we have a lot of goodies that we have pins and mouse pads and glasses, the cleaners and everything. So we can do those trainings. And then my staff will be trained on adverse childhood experiences and take that out into the community as well. Good, good. Um, So so with with that, if I, uh, the question that I'd ask uh, both of you is, is, as, uh, as Dave mentioned, you know, the, the example or the, the, um, um, the example you gave was talking to friends about kind of like uh, Asians referring to Asians is they're not all the same, you know, um, and, and, and uh, um, that was, you know, that's a, that's a way to put it. And, and I think, I think when we as non-natives, myself, non-native and not from our community, do we have a role in education? Do we have a role in, in, in work, in our work, in the work here? And, and, and is that a place that we should fill feel comfortable and 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 what is that what's your expectation uh for from for us as non non community members in in edu- in and being uh, providing and in, in, in providing services and stuff like that yeah i i think it's um the main thing that comes to mind is just respect of the the community and the willingness to learn about us that's not going to happen right away. I mean, we do a really good job with um, orientation when we have new employees that come in who are not from the community, um, but we need to step it up as well. And we were also talking about the training that we did yesterday to put that on our list of trainings that we have to do as employees annually. And so that all the employees, when they come in new and every year, everybody gets a, a piece of this training again, because we do need to be reminded um, in your jobs and in our roles that we need to be trauma-informed always and know why people are at the spot they're at and coming for help. And we shouldn't judge them and we shouldn't um, say, well, they got themselves into that situation. That would be a really bad thing for someone to come in, um, non-Indian or Indian, um, to say they. That's probably not. Um, this probably wouldn't be a best place to work if you had that kind of an attitude. Well, what about what would you say about like the history teacher that's not native? What's their place in like teaching like the Kumiai, you know, uh, um, um, travel or the experience and. Or, or, or the Lasenio relationship mm-hmm. in, with the Kumia or things th- like that. Like, I think that could be um, summed up in one word is humility, mm-hmm. is being able to, you know, learn from your students, learn from their families, learn from the community, 
learn from the uh, tribal partners that are working with the schools. And um, I, I remember in fifth grade, it was mandatory that, you know, every child had to do a mission project. And it was severely offensive to my, fa- my family. And it was brought to administration and it was brought to, uh, you know, the teacher. And it was, uh, it was a state standard. Therefore, it was uh, mandatory to be done. You wonder, because I, I, you should, we, uh, my daughter, we had her actually burn hers. So she built it um, and then we burnt it. And I bet, did you guys protest at yours in any way? Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, so I think everybody, <laughs> if, you, people if, hanging. You, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you protested that, that mission project. How is it yeah. still going? I think they're getting some How is some it way. Still going? They're definitely getting a lot more resistance with the uh, mm-hmm. curriculum. That is weird. Yeah, because it brings up historical trauma, it which does. we haven't mentioned, and um, and that's a important thing that uh, people coming into the community need to understand because they're coming in with a different lens. They don't know. It's not their fault. They don't know. But we have a duty here at Indian Health to you know, teach them that those cultural standards of the community, also um, um, historical trauma and um, trauma-informed care. Uh, Because people will say, well, you know, because we have a lot of gaming in our area and some don't, we got kind of the haves and the haves not, and people will say, and I'll hear this out in there, out in the hallways, and, well, they got all that money. Why are they doing that? You know, and people don't understand addiction. They don't understand tolerance. They don't understand the history that is um, passed down from generation to generation by epigenetics, by your blood, your toxins in your blood even. So uh, we have a duty to teach people that so that they have a different kind of a mindset to do things in a a more trauma-informed way and not a judgmental way and that humility. Well, and in terms of the the mission stuff being state mandated and whatnot, California is like a, a tale of two histories, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the native history, which pre-existed Spanish occupation, mm-hmm. but then the Spaniards came in, occupied, and there's a whole separate history through the lens of the Spanish experience mm-hmm. that's not taking into account the native experience at the same time. Right. And I think what, what we're working towards more and more is to help people identify this kind of forgotten history that the Spaniards the trauma. And there are, like, tried to push away. Even, you know? even within like the Spaniard conquer, uh, conquerors and everything, because there's a huge difference between Junipero Serra and um, uh, Juan Cabrillo. Mm-hmm. I mean, Juan Cabrillo actually met the um, uh, Kumiai uh, on their warriors <laughs> but i mean he was still respectful he went his own way and returned years later but i mean i don't i don't know if respectful is the say, the right word to use but i mean there was still a level of like okay maybe i don't go into these spear infested waters right <laughs> so well i think it's a difference between like the early explorers And then the conquerors who followed behind them. Right. And it depends on where you live. I mean, that's our history here in Southern California. Mm -hmm. But if you go central and up north, their invasion was by the Russians. Right. Right. And, you know, after the otters and, you know, 
uh, and what the Russians would do would kidnap the Inuit and the Alaskan tribes because they were such great hunters and bring them down to the coast of California um, into the Pomo area. And uh, it's really interesting because um, later on, my, my fiance is Pomo. And so uh, we do a lot of work together. And when we were in Alaska, um, the Alaskan kids, a little head start came out and sang their songs. And it was a Pomo song. And it was because that interaction when the Russians came in and, and got the, the Alaskans to kill the otters on California coast that they kind of they went back with that information, just as in Russia, there are Pomo baskets in their museums. Hmm. So it's, it's geographical as well. But I think the bottom line is um, we all need to be respectful and be interested in that. And uh, when we do teach people that, um, about our history, it, it's to be respected and to known, but not to go out and teach it or write a book or, you know, become um, a liaison or, yeah, yeah, yeah. of that. So, and, you know, George does a great job at that. He, he brings those people in. He doesn't profess to be the, the expert on Lucenios, but right. he'll bring in the... And, and I get that that's part of the obstacle, though, is there's times when we don't have, you know, access to those to our friends and family and and we might be in a situation where it might warrant a discussion mm -hmm. you know like um you know um um whether you know someone may be grieving or or the topic might be general but then need to get into you know where where the cultural dynamic is in this right. situation like mm -hmm. how we cope right you know and is it do at that point do I just stop because I don't have somebody I don't have an a bi member here up in San Isabel that can talk about how they cope or yeah. do I say hey up here what I've learned is is they you know they meet and they talk and and they there's elders out here that could help or do I just shut up yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I you know like even like a friendly handoff would be would be culturally relevant you mm -hmm. know just like oh you know who would really have a lot more information on this and I feel like would be very beneficial for you to connect with is, you know, talk to this person mm -hmm. because I mean, if they have that knowledge, they, they can bless the other person with that knowledge and, um, just kind of bring them into their, like under their wing so that, you know, that, responsibility is off maybe your shoulders but it is also giving that connection to another elder another community member and uh, allows that other community member to bring them under the wing yeah and making I, those connections I, mm -hmm. I think what 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 really stood out with me during the the training was that people that that care they people could could do could hurt and do damage but but really think really genuinely care mm -hmm. and so in a sense where my messaging or someone's messaging could be wrong and 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 with a full intent on caring and being compassionate and trying to steer somebody you know that may need services or 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 advice you know in a certain direction but if you're not 
you know, uh, educated or haven't been taught correctly, then then you're you're misinformed. Right. Then you you're really gonna you're gonna get bit. You know, yeah, you're right. gonna if so, if if word gets back, mm-hmm. you're about to get your head bit off. And 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 you could I could see how people have come through here. A lot of people have come through here, meaning really really well. Mm-hmm. And when I say here, meaning the Indian clinic health, yeah. or Indian Health and. And, and meaning really, really well with great intentions and wholeheartedly that really have been, you know, really uh, 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 loved and treated well and wanted to give back to, to the people. And, and, and they do something and then, boom, they get their head bit off and they're right. kind of like, you know what, I'm out of here. I don't have a place here. I, I'm white or whatever it may be that, you know, I, I don't belong here. And, and I, think, I think that's kind of like the initiation. If you can get through that and, <laughs> and be humble and, and use humility and say, thank you for teaching me. I, um, mean, I apologize. Yeah. Even throughout, like, uh, even being raised on the reservation yeah. and being part of the uh, the community, you still get some of that kickback once in a while. It's just like, who's your family? Yeah. Who you belong to? Where are you to? from? Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah. yeah. Me, you. Hi, I am Dr. Dan Kalak, Chief Medical Officer at Indian Health Council and a member of the Association of American Indian Physicians and the Palma Band of Lusanyu Indians. In 1971, American Indian and Alaska Native Physicians launched AEIP to improve and protect the health of indigenous cultures. AEIP encourages all American Indians and Alaska Natives eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine to get vaccinated to preserve our tribal cultures for future generations. Indian Health Council has been empowering Native wellness for over 50 years. We continue to do so with services like our mobile pantry, where you can receive free and nutritious food for you and your family. Join us at our Rincon facility on the second Tuesday of every month or on the fourth Tuesday of every month at our Santa Isabel location between 10 and 11 a.m. Upon arriving, you'll receive a variety of prepackaged dry goods and bulk produce. The mobile pantry is open to all families and community members. Both of our sites are following all COVID-19 health and safety guidelines as recommended by the CDC at this time. Upon arriving, please stay in your vehicle and wear a mask when coming to receive your food and practice safe social distancing. We look forward to seeing you at our mobile pantry and we thank you for listening to this podcast. Indian Health Council, empowering native wellness since 1970. You'll see kids that be, when when they're singing going on, it's like you'll see when kids really start growing up is when they, the, like my like using you know my girls as an example is when they really get the courage to go out and dance mm-hmm. because nobody they don't want to go out there and dance wrong mm-hmm. you know and they've been taught and then moms will grab they'll push them out push them out and it's like well go show them go show them <laughs> but nobody wants to get bit mm-hmm. you know nobody wants to yeah. you know get to oh, da, da, da. And I think we have. They shouldn't be dancing that way. They shouldn't be doing this. But Mm -hmm. I think when girls really start to mature and build that confidence is when they really get out there and say, you know what, I'm going to represent my family. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm doing this right now in a good way because of whatever the ceremony is and honor. And I'm going to I'm going to dance. And this is me. And this this is is what I'm about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have a responsibility here at Indian Health Council (laughs) to help those those people who do mean well. 
and tell them things that of those little nuances that um, they might not encounter in a different population. Um, an example would be if they tease you, they like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember we've we've had a lot. Of, I've been here thirty years, so I've seen a lot of visitors here, and I've seen a lot of you know long term employees here, and then I've also seen people who have come in to get the experience here to get on a stepping block and yeah. write a book yeah. about us. Yeah. So. A long, a long time. I was very careful about what I shared with other people, but I think we do need to share things like that. Or um, another example would be like if somebody who has very long hair comes to work the next day and has very short hair, don't say anything because they might be grieving and they cut their hair because somebody has passed away, um, somebody close to them, and they might be hurt. So um, they they may not realize what they're oh you know what a great hairdo and everything they may not realize what they're doing they're bringing up that person's trauma a little bit too so i think we have a responsibility to tell people well you know first of all we're a clinic and people who are coming up to our windows number one already don't feel good yeah okay And if the, you're behind the window and said, you know, they're they're mean to me, they're cranky, and you know they look, they have a scowl on their face or something, you know, don't take that personal. Um, number one, they don't feel good, and they're here for help. And two, that trust issue because of all the historical trauma, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're already coming in thinking you're already judging them. So it's kind of put put the um, shoe on the other foot kind of thing, like walk in there their moccasins for a while. You have to kind of know where they are. Um, and so we have that responsibility to teach our our providers that aren't from the community about the community a little bit better. And then just to piggyback off of her a little bit, we also have the responsibility to uh, instruct our community as well with uh, mm-hmm. historical trauma and the aftermath of you know, uh, everything that has happened of, you know, trying to remove the Indian from the person. There are so many families who are disconnected from their native culture that are, like you said, nervous about uh, participating in ceremony because they don't know if they're doing it correctly. And so one of the things that we really need to do is be that lighthouse, be that beckoning to those people and Mm -hmm. be like, come here, we'll teach you. Because there are knowledge keepers and then there's knowledge givers and the the ones that give knowledge are close to creator because creator never wanted knowledge to be kept it's for the people it's the people's and that's what we're trying to do here at tribal family services especially with this program because we do want to get out there and and teach about adverse childhood experiences and what that does later on in life in your adulthood and if children have better experiences in their life, you can add 20 years to their lifespan. Um, in other words, if you have a lot of childhood adverse experiences, you can lessen their life for 20 years. So when we talk to parents and they realize that, they're kind of like, whoa, I need to stop fighting in front of, you know, with my wife in front of the kids. Because when you have that kind of argument in their kids and domestic violence in families, the child's brain actually changes its shape right then and there, and you don't really realize what you're doing to your child. You're setting them up for some failure, number one, um, to not be able to concentrate in school because they're on that that high alert 
mode all the time. Those toxins are going through their bloodstream. So that's why we need to teach about adverse childhood effects. And and we want our tribal family services to all have that training. And George, you should take it too, because you would be a wonderful trainer of that. Um, Uh, It's it's amazing. Uh, And I'm, I'm one of those that hate you know, getting a hand at a survey when you walk into somewhere or, or, or the statistics, but I've come to a point in my, in my career and in, in my education where I'm starting to read those and need them. And now I'll find myself, Hey, we should do a survey. Yeah. You understand <laughs> because, the, the benefit of them. Yeah. And it yeah. includes people and, and it gives them feedback, but like the ACEs, you know, when you were the PHQ nine and those type of yeah, things, the depression screening, you know, those mm-hmm. type of things, you know, people, you know, that's, that, that might be the only interaction we have with a lot of yeah. our community members, a lot of, a lot of community, a lot of people that come here, their only professional they'll see is the provider. Yeah. And they might be in deep, desperate need of some help. And yeah. they might be asking, praying for help. And that provider might be the only, per- that toothache might be the only thing that gets them into a professional setting. And if we could identify and, and then say, hey, we have help here. You know, especially in a domestic violence situation, and that can get identified, then, hey, so be it. Yeah, and I was the same way, George. I I didn't like those things, that we have an answer for that. (laughs) You know, instead of that survey with the checkbox, because people, again, feel judged when you got a clipboard and do you have this? Do you have that? How do you feel? And, you know, and we have what's called a word cloud that Lizzie um, worked out with the CNCFR for a long time. And so we just hand them this this sheet of paper. has a big old oak tree on it. And it has all these different words on, on it. Um, some of the words oak. like yeah. mother oak, um, like how do you feel? Excited, ready to do this, not so great, um, a little stressed. depressed, stressed, mm-hmm. things like that. And they could just circle the word. That's our survey. So it's made it. It made it a lot easier for the clients, and it was a lot more meaningful and for the was, program. It really assisted in our uh, position of you know helping the community because if you're circling stressed multiple sessions, and you know I see you once a week, then okay, well, what's making you stressed? Do you feel we- comfortable with sharing that? You know, oh, you know, money's tight. I'm in between jobs. Oh, well, here you go. Here's a $20 gift card to Target for your family or, you know, go get a Thanksgiving turkey, mm-hmm. things like that. If if we have the means within the department, if we have those incentives to give to the community, mm-hmm. then, I mean, that's what they're for. They're for the But you're community. still assessing mm-hmm. and, and kind of peeling back that onion that we talked about, too. But you're adapting how you get that information exactly. to the particular need of the people. And exactly. Evolving. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing that's really important with these surveys and assessments is you're really grading your program on yeah. whether or not it's working. And if we didn't do that, we would probably wouldn't have an extension of 2 years of this program because it's been very successful. It started out with just being a program for if a woman tested positive for drugs, it was an automatic referral to the My Two Aunties program and um, one of the aunties would work with you and we have four different curriculums that we could do it. We have the indigenous ways of knowing, which is um, putting kumiai, lucinio, um, life skills lessons that um, mirror the the lesson, and we do it in, in our language. So we wouldn't be able to continue the program if we didn't have that data that said, hey, it really works because we had 20 
women who tested positive came over to my two aunties, and within three weeks, they no longer were testing positive for drugs. And it's gotten to only for high risk, and it's evolved to not just high-risk women, to any pregnant woman. So at the word's out, um, especially when you're sitting over there at OB mm-hmm. and, ta- and Lizzie has her table over there with all these goodies on it. Um, the word gets out. And so they love the lessons. And so it's a way to measure that success and keep it going. And right now we have the curriculum, we have the uh, um, the, the teaching guide, we have um, different tools for this program that we help with Dr. Art Martinez's group um, to publish and also with the help of the Children's Bureau. And so we're going to go into publication with that. And the whole goal of this journey was to share it with other tribes, not to keep it for ourselves. So we've created a guide that we can give to other tribes, and we're going to be presenting at the um, National Justice Conference in December, and we're going to be presenting the My Two Aunties concept and giving it to other tribes so that they can create what we've created in our community in their community with their own stories. So it's about sharing. I'm going to do what Karen would Karen would do this to me, so I'll do it to you before she do it to me. We need a My Two Uncle program. Yes. Hey. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. We recognized that right away, and you will be happy to know, George. Oh, we did. That that we change our objectives for the next two years to have a focus on fathers. Yes. Because it was not fair to only work with the mother and teaching her parenting skills and not a father. It was ridiculous. So it really, and I convinced the Office of Child Abuse Prevention that you're setting these families up to fight because mm-hmm. they're they're not on the same page with how they're going to parent or even how they're going to diaper a child. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you can so often men aren't taught how to be a parent. Right. Right. Well, in, you know, like most, from my experience, most of the training materials are geared towards the mother. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so we have a focus on fathers right now. That's great. And we're going to be working uh, with both fathers. And actually, Lizzie's had all success with fathers uh, mm-hmm. in this program. Yeah. And we include them. And it was a father, I think it was a single father, that completed the entire curriculum first mm-hmm. in our program. Yes. And they was like, hey, I was really proud of that. Wow. Really yes. proud of that. And so we have one father who's kind of being our... Um, Focus point or pilot program. Yeah, well, we're taking pictures of them at you know doing the diapering and everything. It's going to be in our annual report. His cool. picture and um, he, and we're actually um, uh, doing a baby shower for him today. Him and his um, wow. fiance. So is that the series of photos that I was taking? It was. Yes. It was. We had you going, and they were changing that the diaper. Cool. And, yeah. and I thought it was absolutely amazing because you know we were able to uh, discuss like the difference between a preemie diaper, a newborn diaper, mm-hmm. and regular diapers because it was of, so like, cute. The, the little U cut out for the umbilical cord, and yeah. you know if that uh, if you need a bigger diaper that you fold it over, and just the little intricacies of like oh if you have a blowout how are you going to change the baby type yeah. of thing because <laughs> a lot of dads are not prepared for that yeah. yeah he was so cute he wanted to keep the diaper he wanted and, to yeah. keep the preemie diaper yep that's for sure yeah so yeah. a big focus on fathers that awesome that not only that but also um boys with braids is another um, program that we're going to be getting within um Another acronym that Dr. Art has started was NDN, Native Dads Network. NDN, get it? 
Indian mm-hmm. <laughs> Native Dads Work Network. And so we're going to be working with them, too, to do a focus on fathers. So probably something coming up in Father's Day. Um, mm, yeah. But, yeah, we're going to – we won't we – won't, um, Dismiss the uncles because the uncles in our well, community are so important. Yeah, and I think I think that just helps males realize that mm-hmm. there's help over in tribal family services yeah. too. You know, mm-hmm. there's it, a lot of there's a lot that goes with like the labeling of the programs and oh I the mean, stigma obvi- obviously the stigma ma- yeah obviously males their services for males and females the same you know mm-hmm. but I think I think with it saying you know if I went in there and said hey, can I have help, can I have help with my I almost, I almost did a voice. Did <laughs> I have help with my two aunties program? I, you know, I'd be afraid that they'd look at me differently at the window, you know. And oh, like, that's know. good to know, George. But, but uh, I think with it, you know, hey, can I have help with my two uncles program? Yeah, that's a little, little, little easier. Oh, maybe we we'll just take, call it aunties <laughs> and uncles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, UNA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and we'll be yeah. looking for your support on that. You know, I'm always here. I am always here. I'm really glad you guys invited me to that uh, um, that training. That it was reinvigorating and 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 just more education and 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 the lesson on humility always Mm -hmm. always helps and and keeping us grounded. He was a really 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 good presenter too. Yeah, Yeah. definitely got your brain going because you've been mile a minute since i walked in the office yeah that's when i was like you know maybe karen's available like uh like we were just over there talking he's just idea 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 and then he's like maybe karen's available we could podcast karen can we bring karen over (laughs) you got time to have karen come over i'm like yeah it's george easy easy (laughs) but that's that's wonderful to see that to see george that way because that that's george yeah you know and and we love george enthusiasm is infectious yes well yes we're we're the work we do, especially when we're when we're helping people, uh, uh, that it's exciting. That it is, but I mean, the work the work is serious work. I mean, mm-hmm. you're bringing babies in and teaching them how to change diapers. These people are are are, are getting ready to to embark on life, and mm-hmm. it's different too and, because like we have you know the new parents, the brand new you know this is their first child, and then we also have experienced parents that come through the program who have like seven children, and yet they're still yeah. learning new things, and they like the program. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and then you know when when those type of trainings come in, you know we we get trainings like the Relias or the Internet type stuff. But when certain type of trainings come in and people like mm-hmm. Art come in, you realize that that there's uh, whether it's divine intervention or what it may be, you realize that you're being put in front of you're being put in a moment where you know you you gotta you gotta respond. Mm-hmm. I found know. out from very early on that you cannot work here at Indian Health Council unless you really t- take an <laughs> introspective look at your own life mm-hmm. and then uh, project that out into the community. And I think, you know, uh, uh, without uh, taking, I know we only have so long on this podcast, but that was really, I think there was, you know, a, 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 ses- a, a section of the, the participants yesterday were from the community and I think that's that, that was the perspective is, you know, being in from and living in the community and, and then providing services, you know, there's a role, you know, you're living, you're living it, you know, and being held accountable uh, mm-hmm. is, is a, is a whole nother. Well, which... and like the one person chimed in on the, from the virtual audience, it says, you know, I live in the community, so I'm on duty 24 seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there is definitely a, a, a difference if you live here. Versus like myself, I go back home to Oceanside and I feel like 
Yeah, you, know, you get to go go home. You get to clock out and, and really clock, clock out. out. Yeah. You really clock out. <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, I know I know those of you who live up here. You know, you go to the grocery store. You're going to encounter. You know, yep. patience. You know, yep. when you're it's there. so you funny. Go, you go to the high school. You're gonna encounter patience when you're there. Or you and, go home. Oh, it, <laughs> or the home. Yeah. Oh, I've had I've had sheriffs and board members in my my front room arguing in my career, um, but they know where I live. And um, I did just the other day go to the grocery store and or the, just the little market here. And it's so funny because I saw a former client there, and when we. Talk to our clients. I will tell them right off the bat, I'm from the community. You're going to see me at 7-Eleven or at the Fiesta, and I'm not going to acknowledge you or come up to you, but you're always welcome to come up to me if you want. Right. But it's just keeping that confidentiality um, mm-hmm. yeah. intact there. It's so sacred. But it's, it's so, so funny. Sacred. And that's a that's such a like majestic word to use because I use that at so I use yeah. that like every night at home. Sacred, sacred, like they, they make fun of me. Oh, Dad's native now, you know. You know but like, you, you have to respect that confidentiality. Yeah, you know. And, and so and so saw you today. They said so and so saw you. Oh, what so and so? And it's like, uh, yeah. What, what did they say? Yeah. You, know, you gotta play that. <laughs> they whole, said such and such. You gotta play that whole twenty question thing, right? To, to not, you know, and it's yeah. just sacred. You know. Yeah. So when I went to the store, you know this this. It was a father, and he went, oh, Karen, I'm doing really good. I'm going, we're visiting, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing that. Just a mile a minute. I went, okay, okay, I'm just here for milk and eggs. You know, I didn't get to the store, and I'm not going to go right now, so I'm I'm just here getting my milk and eggs. <laughs> but it's so funny, and it, it's endearing as well. And I think um, with what Tribal Family Services, formerly the ICWA program, um, we had a stigma of being in line with child welfare services and taking kids away and putting them in foster care. But I can say when I started in 1994, we had 468 children in foster care among seven tribes. That's almost 500 kids that we had to go out and find because we didn't have a foster family program out here. And then um, putting prevention services in the forefront, like the two aunties and everything that we do, um, trying to do services instead of removal doing active efforts, we've really changed that around. We've had many tribes that haven't had a removal in 15 years. We have right now in the whole, in San Diego County, we have only six children in foster care among seven tribes. And so we flipped that over. And so we're really a model program uh, for other agencies um, to do this too. So We've done a lot of work throughout the years in doing um, having our clinic and assessment center um, where kids that do have to be removed. They used to have to go 50 miles out to Polinsky Center and stay there until they got a foster home and then stayed in that foster home for 30 days so that foster parent can get paid. And then family was considered. And we don't do that anymore. We made Dr. Kalak an assessment center where a child can go through Indian Health and see their relatives and come right back to my lobby where we're working with the, the CPS worker to do a emergency placement. And then auntie, uncle, grandma, grandpa come and get, um, get the child. And that child has no idea that they were just removed. And so we do emergency placements right there so that kids don't go into stranger foster care because stranger foster care isn't always good. And the other uh, thing to go off of that is that we're always recruiting uh, tribal families to uh, come in and uh, look at uh, being 
uh, a foster home. a foster home. Yeah. So you know, especially you know, tribal oak tree, right? Yep. Yeah, tribal, tribal oak, oak tree, tree is a new is FFA, a new. Yeah, a program that's also helping with that. Right. And look for those classes because we're going to enter a contract with Tribal Oak and um, have the foster family classes that they have to take so many hours of classes here at Indian Health. So uh, if you're interested in doing foster care, you know, we'd like to talk to you and set you up for some of those classes because we're going to set those up early next year. But we need the interest first because it's a big ask. It really is. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But that, the that, better thing is to make kids um, make sure they don't go into foster care and yeah. you fix whatever problem is happening yeah. with the family. And we've been doing that for the past 20 years. Yeah. So um, how about how about we 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 uh, we we chalk this one up as as it was great to see you guys and, and uh, or you ladies. And and we we asked for you got you ladies to join us for another one. Sure. Anytime. Yes, definitely. I think I think. Uh, um there were, there's a lot more to say and, and, and to share about, you know, especially where you just went into in the whole tribal family services. Yeah. You know, tribal family services. Well, and two Indian Child Welfare Act is in, you yeah. know, Congress right now being threatened, you know, and, and thinking that it's a race-related um, law and not a sovereign tribal law that needs to be in place. And that's that's pretty scary right now. They're, they haven't made their decision, but they had the oral arguments last week. Mm-hmm. So, and that could take away many things that are Indian because they're looking at it as a race instead of that they're just Americans and they don't need any special sovereignty. So that could change Indian law. It's starting with Indian child welfare. It could go to Indian law. It could go to tribes. It could go to many things. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a threat right now. Well, we'll definitely need to Maybe have we could a reach out talk to about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we can uh, reach out to Judge Thorne. Yeah, he'd be happy. Would he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he could he could educate us on that, and and we could have a, a dialogue about that about the Brackeen case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's do that. Let's schedule that out. Okay. Um, but, uh, I'm his agent. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, for anybody who who needs uh, assistance from. Tribal Family Services, how, how do they reach you guys here? They can reach us um, anyway through email, through our website, through um, walking through the door, calling the main number, um, 749-1410. Our extension is 5321. Um, we have any kind of in-home parenting. We have parent skills. We have four different curriculums. If they're experiencing any kind of um, domestic violence or stalking, um, we can help get restraining orders. We can do that hand-holding with that program. Um, and that that's really – and then, of course, we have our one court worker that we only need one court worker now before we need four court workers. So um, it's a, it's a indication that the program is working. Mm-hmm. So we just do basically prevention services. So anybody who's having – in general assistance and disaster assistance and burial assistance is the other – BIA program that we run out of Tribal Family Services. Okay. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. I look yeah, forward to you. having you back in here again to continue this conversation. Thank you. Down the Sorry, road. I kicked the table. I, oh, re- uh, okay. I really appreciate you you answering. You bet. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thanks, and thanks for joining mm-hmm. her. Thank you. I appreciate it. George cool. is about to run off uh, out into the community. So yep. yeah, we we got invited. We did a, a huge chair volleyball tournament in Paula. 
And we had over 30 volunteers wow. that joined to help with that whole senior movement. And, and Paula, uh, they want to honor the volunteers because the volunteerism. Beautiful. It was good, such good energy. And so it's really important, I think, that we go out there and just say thanks. To that the is great. Yeah, it was really cool. Community, just just organic community volunteers. Yeah, volunteerism awesome. is really important. I mean, isn't important. that what we're asking for with, mm-hmm. uh, with Foster, with, you know. Yeah. You know, it, it is. It's, it really is. So thank you. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. And uh, w- so we got them on the hook for another one then. Yeah. Right? And we know where they work. And we do. <laughs> I know their number, yeah. <laughs> but until then, I owe you. Uh, thank you guys for, uh, thank you ladies for joining us. All right. Yeah. Yep. Thank, thank you. you. And, and thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you again on another episode of What About Life. Indian Health Council's What About Life podcast is made possible by the Prevention and Early Intervention Program funded by the County of San Diego Mental Health Services Act. Indian Health Council's Behavioral Health Hotline can be reached Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. by calling 760-751-6004. That's 760-751-6004. If you're outside of Indian Health Council's service area and are experiencing a mental health emergency in San Diego, call the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. That's the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. Or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Help is available. All you have to do is reach out for it. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970. Thank you for listening to the What About Life podcast from Indian Health Council. Please take a moment and make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single new episode. The views and opinions expressed by those interviewed on the What About Life podcast, including all program participants, are solely their own current opinions regarding events and are based on their own perspective and opinion. It is the opinion and perspective of the interviewees and the hosts. Such views, opinions, and or perspectives are intended to convey a life story or based on recollections about events in their lives on which conflicting memories may exist and are not intended to malign any individual, religion, ethnic group, or company. The views and opinions expressed do not reflect the views or opinions of Indian Health Council, Inc., or the companies with which any program participants, interviewees are or may be affiliated. The What About Life podcast is a production of the Health Promotions and Marketing Department at Indian Health Council and is funded through the Prevention and Early Intervention Program from the County of San Diego HHSA Mental Health Services Act. What About Life is produced and edited by David S. Dawson, executive produced by Beth Turner. Our research team and hosts are George Pojas, Arturo Calvo, Jason Levine, and Marissa Yepa. This episode of What About Life is the copyright of Indian Health Council, Inc.